Well, good morning. Uh, Welcome to Soul City Church. I want to say quickly to those of you who are in overflow right now, thank you. Can this room thank them as they are out of seats here in this place? Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure we're we're making it worth your while with all kinds of free coffee and pastries. No one else knows that. I just made that up, so now we have to do that. For those of you who are in overflow, uh, now you're going to want to come late so you get free coffee and pastries. Uh, We are, uh, as Jeannie mentioned, in uh, the middle of a series where we're looking at how do we grow up in our faith, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, no matter if you'd call yourself a super Christian or barely a Christian or not sure about the whole Christian thing, how do each of us, all of us, grow up in our faith? How do we take spiritual practices and principles and make them as practical and helpful as possible? How, How do we become the people that God actually has created and intended us to be. He's intended and created you to be. So we're going to look this week at what role prayer plays in our spiritual growth. Now, you may not be shocked to hear in church that prayer is a vital part of your spiritual growth. That's not news to any of us. But I think what is sort of a reality for all of us is that we sort of all come at the prayer thing a little bit differently, maybe because of traditions you were raised with or having no traditions that you were raised with. All of us kind of come into this room from different experiences and perceptions and practices of prayer. And I think most of us kind of come into this room wondering if we're doing it right, for being really honest. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's actually a two-part question. And you don't have to turn and talk to the person next to you about this. So extroverts, you're just hang tight. Introverts, that's a bonus for you. You just got to pass on that one. All right, so I want you just to think about this question, the answer to this question. It's a two-part question. And the first part, I want you to answer honestly. Now, I want you to answer every question honestly, but I feel like I need to say that to you. This is not like when you're in the dentist's office and they ask how often you floss. Don't answer like that. Answer honestly. All right, I want you to answer honestly about this first question. And the question is this. How often or how many times in the average day do you pray? Okay, so there's no right or wrong answer here. How often, how many times in the average day, or maybe if you don't know offhand, think of yesterday. How often, how many times yesterday did you have a time or did you stop and pray? Maybe it was in the morning when you got up. Maybe it was before each meal or maybe at the end of the day or I don't know. But I want you to kind of keep whatever that number is in your mind. How often, how many times on average do you pray? Okay, that's the first question. I want you to have an honest answer to that because here's the thing. All of us are going to have different answers to that one. All of us have completely different answers to that question. But my hunch is we're all going to have the same answer to the next question. So how many times a day do you pray? Second question is this. Do you feel like it's enough? Do you feel like you're praying enough? Do you feel like you're sort of doing it right and doing it enough. My hunch is all of us, no matter what your answer is to the first question, would probably say, no, no, I don't, I don't know that I am. I don't, th- I don't know if I'm doing this right, or I don't know if I'm doing this thing enough. And it can stir up a lot of emotion in us, a lot of guilt. Like, see, this is why I don't go to church, is because they make me feel guilty about these things, right? I get that. I think all of us actually feel that. So you can kind of dissipate that, because all of us feel like we're not doing it enough, no matter what the number was to the first question. And here's the honest reality to the answer to that second question. You're right. You're not doing it enough. Now, hear me out on this. When you think about all the needs around your life and in your world right now, 
and all the many things that you need just to make it through a day? Do you think you're praying enough for those needs alone? When you think about the needs of the people around you that you care about, your friends or families or maybe some coworkers, some people you're connected to, your spouse, your kids, do you think you're praying enough for them? When you think about the needs around the world, do you think specifically as the eyes of the world are on the Philippines right now, do you feel like you're praying enough for that? When you think about all the times in the average day that you mess up, that you blow it, that you sin, do you think you're praying enough times to sort of ask for enough forgiveness for those things? Or about all the times in the average day where you're struck with a sense of awe and and wonder, you know, you come around a corner and you see a a tree and the colors are just so beautiful, right? Because we we have these things in the Midwest called seasons. (laughs) Now, we are envious and jealous of people on the coast and in the south because they have warm as a season. But we get the gift of things like colors, and then bleak darkness for months. But in these moments, when you're struck with a sense of awe or wonder, or when you see a child, when you see a beautiful child and their smile, do you think you're praying enough to thank God for those things? See, the answer is, if that's the question, none of us are praying enough. How many times a day do you think you would need to pray to sort of cover all of that? How many times in a day do you think you'd need to pray for it to be enough. See, my hunch is that all of us are coming to this time together this morning with a hope and a desire, and I think even when it comes to prayer, I think with the right intentions, but often we come with the wrong questions. We come with good intentions, but lots of times we come with bad strategy and planning for how it is that we actually pray and engage with God on a real level all throughout the day all throughout our lives. So what we're going to look at this morning is a very practical principle from the Bible that can help you shift how you pray and how you engage with God on a regular, daily, constant basis. A couple years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to travel to the Holy Land, to Israel, to do some teaching and to uh, create some video content and video curriculum. And so I was going to be gone for about 10 days. And this is when we just had our son Elijah before his sister Gigi came. And he was really young. So this is my first time really being away from Elijah. And it was a long time. I don't think Gene and I in our entire marriage at that point had been gone from each other for that long. This is a significant trip. And I also knew it was going to be very complicated for us to connect with each other. Because this was years ago, and so like, you know, I, I knew that our phones weren't really going to totally do the job, and we'd have to schedule, because of the time difference, me being halfway around the world, we'd have to really plan out and schedule the times that we would actually be able to connect with each other. And then even when we did, it was weak connection, poor signal. We tried doing Skype, but every hotel I stayed at like, hadn't even found out about dial-up internet yet, and so like, it was just slow and frustrating and difficult. So we'd get these little moments, a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, and then a day or so of nothing. And then a couple minutes to just try and get in as much as we could, as much connection while we could. And if that wasn't bad enough, just having to be gone that long and not being able to have that sort of regular, constant connection, for some reason, I thought that I would use the time on the bus and as we were traveling around from different locations to catch up on all of season three of the show 24. So that's going on in the back of my mind. And then when I'm having these hard times connecting with Jeannie, I'm convinced that international terrorists are holding her hostage somewhere halfway around the world. It's not a good setup for us to have great connection. Okay, this is what I'm trying to say to you. So imagine if our, if our entire marriage were actually played out that way. 
Imagine if we built 17 years worth of marriage off of a couple minutes connection a day. Every other day, if we're lucky, every couple days. Imagine trying to build a marriage on just a few minutes and moments a day. How well do you think that marriage is going to go? How long do you think it will last? For those of you who are parents, imagine if all you had with your kids were just a couple minutes a day. That's all you had to try and impart in them sort of all of the wisdom that you have to try and help them really make it in this life to do as we saw here today to have kind of dedicate them to God. Like if you only had a couple minutes a day and you weren't even promised that you got to talk the whole time, maybe they talked the whole time and didn't listen to you and you're trying to tell them, no, you got to listen to me. You got to do this. You can't do this. You can't eat things off the ground. Like you're trying to impart all your wisdom to them, but all you have is a couple moments, maybe every couple days. How well do you think that kid's going to be ready for the world? For those of you who maybe, you know, at work, what if all you had were just a couple minutes every couple days with your boss? That's all you got to see them. All right, scratch that idea. For some of you, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Forget, erase the last one. Erase the last one. Go back to the first two. Some of you are like, yes, tell me more. All right, listen. <laughs> scratch that one. Go back to the first two. You see where I'm going, right? Trying to build a lifelong, life-giving relationship doesn't happen over a couple minutes every couple days. I think all of us are coming to this idea of prayer, knowing that it's important, knowing that it's valuable, knowing what it does for us in our connection and relationship with God. But many of us come at it with a ton of guilt because we feel like we're not doing it enough and we're not doing it right. And maybe we're even coming at it with a wrong strategy. I think for many of us, is we're, we're, we're trying to have, you know, and fit prayer into this little box of a time of day or a time that we do things. So I got to do this in the morning or I got to do this before meals or make sure you end your day. And that, that's, that's really helpful, but I think God has actually created you for it and is inviting you into much more than a couple times in prayer. You don't build a lifelong life-giving relationship with God in just a couple minutes every couple days. I think what God is inviting you into, and really what for the sake of our conversation, what growing up looks like is moving from a time of prayer to a life of prayer. A time of prayer to a life of prayer, where I'm in sort of constant connection with God at all times, wherever I'm at, where I literally align my life around the reality of God. So it's not just a couple minutes every couple days, but it's every moment of every day I am aware of God's presence in my life. Now here's the good thing about moving from sort of this idea, this very simple idea of having times of prayer and never feeling like I have enough time in prayer to a life of prayer where I'm constantly connected. For those of you who feel like, okay, that sounds great, but like that, that has to be for like level four or above Christians. Like I'm only down here. I, that's way past my pay grade. I don't know what that looks like. Here's the truth. If you wouldn't consider yourself super spiritual, this is actually much easier for you to get than people who've been Christians for a long time. Because what happens to people who've been Christians for a long time is they begin over time to lay religion over relationship. And they want to just give me the right words to say at the right time so that I can do the right thing. And so lots of times, honestly, this is a harder message for those who'd call themselves Christians for a long time. It's going to be more challenging to them today. So if you wouldn't consider yourself super spiritual, this, I think, is going to be something that every one of us, including you, can put into practice today. Moving from a time of prayer to a much bigger life of prayer with God. Now, I want to show you what that looks like. And so I want you to grab a Bible. If you brought your own, fantastic. If not, we've got you covered. There is a blue Bible in your seat back or underneath your seat if you're in the front. 
And those of you who are in overflow, uh, there is one in your seat back as well. I want you to turn to page 826. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So in the Blue Bible, page 826, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's got all the way to the right, almost to the end. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, I want to give you a little context to the verses we're about to read and the principle that God's about to give us and the picture, really, that God's going to, uh, is about to give us of what a life of prayer looks like with him. Let me give you a little context to what we're opening up here to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, we don't just open up the Bible and just sort of take from it what we want. Everything comes with context. There's a bigger story at work here in the story of the Bible. And so where we're at in the story of the Bible is that the church was growing and moving throughout the world at that time. And there was a leader in the early church named Paul. Maybe you've heard of him, the Apostle Paul. And he was starting churches all over the known world with a bunch of ordinary everyday folks like you and me. A lot of them outsiders who wouldn't have made it into sort of the faith earlier on. But now because of Jesus and his invitation to everyone, all these people were coming into faith. And so he was starting these churches in all these cities. And so this is a letter to one of those churches. And the city that this church was in is Thessalonica, which was the capital of Macedonia, which was a big sort of Roman stronghold. And so this is an area under sort of the Roman rule and the Roman gods and all that kind of stuff. And it's a letter to a church that Paul really loved. Now, I think because of his job title and description, he had to love all the churches, but you can get a sense that he really loves this church. He has fond emotions and feelings for this church. He loves them because he's seen them grow up so much. And in his previous time with them, before he wrote this letter, he was being so bold in talking about God's love and so open and inclusive that the authorities of that town had him beat up and arrested and then shipped out. And so his time was cut short with this church. So he'd heard about how even in the midst of that, they were growing. And so he's so excited to write them this letter. But he'd also heard that there was a couple folks that were trying to come in, just like super spiritual people do, and lay religion over relationship with God and bring people back into legalism. That means playing by the letter of the law and missing the spirit of the law. So that's what he has, that's kind of the context for what he has to say to them and to us. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Would you grab a pen too? Make sure you have a pen. Every now and then I'm going to pause because I want you to say a word back to me that matters and I want you to circle it because I think God wants us to pay attention to it. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Paul says this, rejoice how often? Always. Always. Circle that. Rejoice is the word. That means like Praise God, despite circumstances, despite all your assumptions about God and the world around you, despite how even how your day is going, you can rejoice always, Paul says. Pray how often? Continually. Continually. So is this a time of prayer or is this a life of prayer? It's a life of prayer. Paul says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in what kind of circumstances? All circumstances. Paul says give thanks. You can circle that in all circumstances. This is what we talked about last week at our three-year anniversary. What an awesome time for our church last week. And we talked about how celebration is the secret weapon of people of faith. Paul says you, you can literally give thanks in all circumstances. In work, out of work. In relationship, out of relationship. Kids following God, kids walking away from God. You can still give thanks. You can still give thanks because you know God's goodness transcends your circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, this is what he says. This is why it's so important that we're talking about this this morning. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Christian people, people who've been around faith for a long time, ask this question and get stuck at this question. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? What's God's will for my life? Well, here's something that you know for sure because it's actually literally spelled out for you. God's will for your life is that you would rejoice always, that you would pray continually, that you would give thanks in all circumstances, that you would grow up from times of prayer to a life of prayer with God. This is what God has actually created you for, and this, I believe, is what he's inviting you into today, a life of prayer. Notice the words Paul uses, always, continually, in all circumstances. Now listen, if you weren't feeling guilty, oh, some of you get a little tornado warning? (laughs) Guys, we're good. We're at church. We're covered. It's totally okay. (laughs) Those things pass right over us, so... You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. They'll tell me if the building is lifting off, off the ground, so we'll, we'll know about that. So don't worry about that. All right, so listen. You may, like, if you are already feeling like you're not praying enough, if you're not doing enough prayer, remember we talked about a little bit ago, you feel guilty? I know at first pass this is not encouraging to you because you're like, I'm, Chris, is there something I'm supposed to pay attention to here or is that just people's phones? Oh, flash. Oh, again, we're fine, guys. We're like six inches off the street. We're totally going to be fine. (laughs) Totally fine. Totally fine. All right. So they'll let me know if I need to know something. And you don't need to worry about it. We'll let you know if you need to worry about it, okay? We're going to pray always about even the weather. All right. So here's the thing. You hear that and you feel guilty. You feel guilty because you go, I can barely get a couple minutes in a day. I can barely get in a couple prayers a day. And now I'm supposed to pray always. I'm supposed to rejoice always without ceasing in all circumstances. And it may feel at first pass to you like, seriously, like that's, I, can't, I can't do that. But I actually have encouraging and good news for you. You are actually already awesome at doing things without ceasing. You are already awesome at doing things always. You are already really great at doing things, certain things, in all circumstances without even realizing it or thinking about it. Let me show you what I mean. If you would grab your phone and hold it out right here, right now. Grab your phone. This is your without ceasing tool that you keep with you at all times. True? You check this thing and are on this thing always in all circumstances. That means like at home. That means at work, in the car when you're not supposed to be, on a date when you definitely are not supposed to be. You already know how to do things always without ceasing. You're actually already really good at it. You think about it. You think about it. You think about what a text message, how that wasn't even a part of the way we communicated 10, 15 years ago. And now it is ubiquitous. It is with us all the time. You can't escape it. And with a text message comes this sort of assumption and implication. I texted you. Not only is the assumption you got it right, the assumption is you read it, right? I reached out to you. So we're connected at all times without ceasing. So I texted you. You read it, right? Why haven't you gotten back to me? It's been like an hour. Why haven't you gotten back to me? And listen, when I, and listen, I'm going to sound like Grandpa Stevens here. When, when, I, when, I, when I grew up, we didn't have, we didn't have texting. Like we, we, we had phones that stayed in one place because they were bolted there. And they had cords to keep them there. And when you called someone and they weren't there, they never knew. There was no assumption that they would call you back immediately. They just never knew that you called. 
But now we have this sort of without ceasing mentality when it comes to communication, that this is what's going on. I have to sort of be connected at all times to all people. You think about email. You think about how often you are checking your email. Remember when you first, like, do you even remember your first email or your first couple emails you got? It was such an awesome and fascinating and wonderful new communication tool. But lots of us, for many of us, email was sort of a work thing. We had kind of our work account and then we had our home account. Remember when you had a work computer and a home computer? Some of you still do. There was like a real kind of separation. Now there's no separation. You were checking your email. In fact, here's the hunch. Be honest. You've probably checked your email since you walked into Soul City Church at some point today. It's okay. No shame, no guilt here. The point is you're already awesome at being connected at all times. You're already really good at it. You think about how connected we are to social media. And this, again, this isn't a good thing, bad thing. It's just a true thing. How often we are checking in. How often we're sort of letting people know where we're at or what we're doing or wondering where they're at and what they're doing. We are always, at all times, in all circumstances, checking Facebook, checking Twitter, checking Instagram. No one has to ask you, have you had a time with Facebook this morning? No one has to ask you that. Have you had a time alone with Instagram? No one has to ask you that. Why? Because you're already awesome at being connected at all times and all circumstances and without ceasing. So the growing up for you and for me is to shift from things that are good but may not lead to life to something that actually does. Connected with God, praying with God, talking with God, actively aware of God's presence in your life. How do you and I grow up from moving from things that are fine and good to things that literally are transformational, like being aware of God's presence at all times in my life? This becomes not just a thing I do or a time, but a way that I live. And that's really what prayer is, honestly. Prayer is sort of the active awareness. It's the active awareness of God's perfect presence. Did you hear that? Prayer is not a box to check. It's not a thing to go sort of check in at. It is the active awareness of God's perfect presence. Remember that thing that you're already good at, always being connected. That's what prayer is. I am always aware that God is here. That he's not out there somewhere where I got to kind of check in and make sure that my call gets to him at the right time. He is already here. And so I want to live more actively aware of God's perfect presence presence. That means that at all times, in all circumstances, God has all that I need. That's what his perfect presence is, that he has everything I need for this moment and for my life. I want to live in an active awareness of his perfect presence in my life. That means that I am ever connected to him, That means that I am ever acknowledging him throughout the course of my day, that I don't have to wait till a time to do that. The time to do that is now, and I can do that. And I don't have to know sort of the right words to say, I talk from my heart the one that he made and loves. I can acknowledge God and everything. I can thank God at any moment in my day, in my life. I can check in with God. God, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling nervous. God, I'm feeling so excited. At any moment, any day, I can ask for help or direction from God at all times, in all things. I can become more actively aware of God's perfect presence in my life. This is what a life of prayer looks like. Now, in our house, I'm reminded of this regularly. Because we live in a home with two little ones, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, which means 
that we live in a home full of batteries. <laughs> Those of you who have kids, remember being a kid, I, these are everywhere. And all the cool toys need them for our kids' lives. And so we're, I feel like we are constantly, at some level, either buying or replacing or recharging or, or stealing from second string remote controls batteries to replace. And then I'll find batteries just laying next to the things that they're supposed to be in because our kids don't know that you can actually put them in the trash can. And it is an amazing thing that their little lives run on these little batteries and all the things that they love to do and the things that they love having as kids. And you know what's so fascinating is that many of us, Think of prayer kind of like this. Prayer is like this thing where I gotta, I gotta charge myself up. I gotta sort of get myself kind of going, and then, then I'm gonna go sort of as far as I can till I hit empty. And so maybe, maybe you're someone who tries as best you can to pray in the morning. I gotta get, I gotta, okay, God, okay, I got a big day, I got a big test, I got a big deal at work, I got a tough relationship, I gotta deal with, okay, God, fill me up, okay, God, I'm with you, I'm with you, with me, before me, okay, break. You know, I don't know, like, so you kind of go and, into your day, and, and everything maybe starts with the best intentions. But then the day happens, and you lose it with your kids. Or you lose it with your roommate because they keep acting like a kid. Or you're short with your spouse. Or, 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 or your commute is just terrible and frustrating. You end up late, and then you're actually at work, and maybe you, you love your job, maybe you don't, maybe it's difficult, I don't know. I do know that for many of us, when we try and live a prayer life like a battery where we try and get all filled up so that we can go as far as we can go, what ends up happening is by around lunch for just about all of us, we've completely forgotten where we started our morning. Because life's happened. And so then we feel guilty and we feel bad. And now, now we've got to kind of run on empty for the rest of the day. Or, God, can you just kind of give me a little more juice? Like I just got to go a little bit further. And then you sort of try and make it as best you can to get to the end of the day. And you try and download with God all the things that happened. And, okay, God, just help me kind of get enough strength for the next day. And in the middle of that prayer, you end up falling asleep because you're running on empty. I think this is how many of us approach prayer. I've got to sort of get from God what I need for the day and then go as far as I can go. And then come back and get recharged again and then go as far as I can go. I think the life of prayer that God has actually invited each of us into is more like this plug. I think the life of prayer that God has actually invited you into is more like a plug, constantly connected, drawing its power from the source. Constantly connected. A life of prayer where I can go further and deeper and with greater strength and awareness and perspective and power in my life because I'm not kind of running on these and then kind of running down then having to run back to God to get more and then running back. I am constantly connected. I am actively aware of God's perfect presence and power in my life. Friends, this is actually what God has invited you into. This is the life that he has made possible for you through the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus talked about, that you will have a power, Jesus said, even greater than I. You will do greater things than me in this world because you will be connected to the source, to God himself. This is what a relationship with God looks like. This is what religion looks like. I've got to do more. i got to get filled up. I messed up. I've got to do more. i got to get filled up. I messed up. This is what God has actually invited you into. You don't grow a lifelong, life-giving relationship with God over a couple minutes every couple days. You live connected. You live aware. You live in the presence and power of God at all times, in all circumstances. 
without ceasing in every situation. So, sounds great. How do we do it? Sounds great. Like, yeah, I want the second one, whatever that one is, where I'm like always connected to God and kind of prayer and there's a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I do it? Because I think it can, same thing. We can walk out of here with really great intentions, but if we don't have a plan to make prayer a way of life, then we're going to end up feeling guilty and frustrated by the time we hit lunch, by the time we hit dinner. So I want to offer you a couple thoughts for how you can practice, practically practice the presence, how you can literally practically practice the presence of God, being more aware of his presence in your life. So you might want to grab a pen and jot these down because this is going to be our homework for the week. So let's talk about how you can practically practice the presence. First step, and it's going to sound very simple, start where you are. Now, I know that sounds very simple. I did not hear any one person go, mmm. I know, I get it. It's okay. I get it. Just stay with me. Start where you are. What do I mean by that? Start where you are. What does the Bible mean by that? By starting where you are with your heart. That means that so often we think that we have to go to a special place and a special time and have special words to say to God. And this is why we so often feel like we're failing at prayer because we don't know how to do all the things we think we're supposed to do. The Bible says, no, you start where you are. You pour your heart out, the Bible says to God. That's what the book of Psalms are. It's just me starting, David starting where he's at. God, this is where I'm at. This is what's up. So you start, the way you can practice the presence today is you start where you are. You start where you're at. You start with what you're doing, with who you're with. It starts and maybe for you in the morning, like, okay, God, I would, here I am starting the day. This is right where I'm at. So God, I'm just going to tell you where I'm at. I'm not going to try and pray this sort of rehearsed, recited you know, prayer. I'm just going to say, God, this is where I'm at. This is how I'm waking up this morning. I'm thankful for this or I'm aware of this or I'm fearful of this. Start where you are. Hey, for some of you, like, start in the shower. Like, that's, I guess, like, not a lot of multitasking going on in the shower. So it's a place where you can just say, okay, God, here I am. As I'm thinking through my day, God, I want to be present with you. I want to be present with you. I want to be actively aware of your presence. Just start where you are. If you walk to work, what a great time for you to be walking with God to work. God, I'm just, okay, I'm, I'm walking through my day. I'm not going through a checklist in my head and kind of talking to all the voices of stress and chaos and anxiety. I'm talking to God. I'm saying, God, this is what I'm walking into. You already know. Will you walk with me? Will you actually lead me through my day today? Maybe as you, if you drive in or ride the train into work, that's a time for you. Instead of putting music in and headphones in your head and kind of drowning out all that noise with more noise, you just need to sit in silence. And like any good conversation, let the other party speak for a while. You just listen and say, God, I'm just going to, I am going to be actively aware of your presence and that it is okay. It is well with my soul, even in all the noise and chaos of the life around me. I can sit here and be still because I know I am in your presence. Listen, wherever you are, that is a great place for you to pray. Whatever you're doing, it's a great time for you to pray. Whatever it is, wherever you're at, whoever you're with, just start where you are. And then I want to offer something again. It's going to sound even more simple than the last thing, but might actually lead to some real growth for you this week, and that is to start with the basics. Here's a couple words that I feel like on a daily basis we're having to work with our kids to get, and I think they actually might help you in your life of prayer with God. Start with the basics. If you, if you maybe don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, and this is all new to me, I kind of learned this Our Father prayer as a kid, or I kind of learned you have to pray this kind of prayer before a meal, or, so God will bless it, and if he doesn't, I'm going to die. And so like, you know, 
I don't know what to pray. This is what you can pray. You can start with these three simple words. First one, thanks. Thanks. We're trying to get this into our kids all the time to understand when someone does something kind to you, when someone does something good for you, when someone shows love towards you, you say thanks. And so maybe one of the best and most profound things you can say to God today in prayer is thanks. Thank you. I'm aware. I'm aware, God. I'm aware. Thank you for this job. It may not be perfect. I may not love it. But God, I have an income. Thank you. Thank you for my family, God. We may be messed up and broken and just waiting for a reality show, but thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you. I have people who care about me in my life. Thank you, God. Thank you for this church. Thank you for my small group. Can you imagine if you just if you just picked that one word and walked through your day today with it? I wonder how many things you could find to be thankful for. If that's what you are actively aware of and looking for. Here's another word we try and get our kids to say all the time. Sorry. In our family, when you wrong someone, there's three things you actually have to say. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Maybe for you, the place for you to start in prayer when you don't know what to say and you want to live a life of prayer, say sorry to God. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. When you mess up, when you blow it, when you lose it, when you sin, instead of sort of hoping that God forgets or that it just gets washed away by itself on its own, you stop and say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. I just want to stop and have a moment and say, God, will you forgive me? I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Instead of letting these things stockpile and turn themselves into bitterness or anger or jealousy in our lives that begin to take a stronghold, I'm going to name this thing in my life right now. God, this is what I did, and I'm going to name it. I went back to that relationship, God, that I know is destructive. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? God, I went back to that website. I swear it was going to look again. I did it again. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, here I am again, back in that place. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And then there's a third word which we want our kids to know whenever they're in trouble that they can always ask for. And that's help. And lots of time in our prayer, our help is directly connected to our sorry. I'm sorry, God. Here I am again. I've done it again. I'm sorry. Will you help me? And to not be afraid to call it what it is. I need your help, God. Oh my God, I need your help. I don't know how to make it through this day or this life or this world without you. I actually need your help. As strong as I may think I am, I know in my quiet moments, I need your help. So start with the basics. As you kind of approach the rest of this day as sort of a way of prayer, a life of prayer, here's three words that might just help you sort of get started. Thanks, sorry, and help. And then one last thought, just as deep as the previous two, and that is this. Start over again. Start over again. It may be a long time since you've been in church. It's okay, you can start over again. Maybe a long time since you've prayed. It's okay, you can start over again today. You don't have to wait. You can start over again today. Hey, listen, it may have been a long, long, long time since you even considered God as being a part of your life or your relationship, your marriage, your home, your business. It's okay. You start over again today. See, this is what God does is he gives us new starts, fresh starts in him. This is what God does. He restores and he renews and he says to you and me, I get it. Maybe you've come at this thing frustrated. You've come at the prayer thing feeling guilty and so it's kept you at a distance from me. You can start over again today. 
You can start over again this afternoon. You don't have to wait till you get it all figured out or to become a super Christian. In fact, don't wait till then. Start now. Start over again if you need to. And maybe you make it a couple days or two and then you go a couple days or two and you wake up and it's been a week since you even thought about God in your life. It's okay. Instead of going to shame or guilt or beating yourself up or giving up, start over again. This is the invitation that God is giving to each of us, made available and possible to us through Jesus Christ. So you can start over again. So the invitation, the opportunity for us today is to grow up from times of prayer to a life of prayer. And I thought, you know, like, I can keep sort of talking about that. We can keep reading again and again and again how the Bible talks about this, or we can actually practice the presence of God together just for a moment or two this morning. And here's what I know. You're probably distracted by a hundred other things. My, my hunch is you're maybe concerned about the weather. Or you're concerned about, you know, lunch, where you're going to go eat, or you've been already praying without ceasing for the bears uh, this afternoon. Like maybe you have a ton of other things that are kind of going on in your mind. Can you give God a few just moments right now Again, this is not about sort of clocking time or checking a box. This is about you just stopping and saying, right now I can start. I can start right now. And if you don't know the words, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put those words back up on the screen for you. If you don't know what to say to God, pick one of these and just start there. And for the next couple of moments, you just need to say, God, thanks. And you just walk through all the things you're thankful for. Or, Sorry, and you need to walk through the thing. God, these are the things that I've done that have kept me at a distance from you. Or help, God, I'm stuck in this place. Will you help me? So... We're going to grow up a little bit together as a church over the next couple moments. Just going to be a minute or two. I'm going to ask you to put your phone back away if you haven't already done so. Put down anything that's distracting you and just practice the presence of God for the next few moments. I'm going to come back and lead us into a time of response and worship to God together. But let's take these next few moments to be present and actively aware of God's presence with us.
about 400 years ago, there was a man who had this idea, this thought that this is what life with God is supposed to be like, a life of constant connection, actively aware of God's presence. And so he went to the local monastery and he wanted to spend time around spiritual leaders and he wanted to help people get this idea. And he didn't have enough education. He wasn't smart enough. He was a common guy. Didn't have the education to become a cleric. And so he, he just began volunteering and working in the monastery, doing the lowest jobs. He cleaned up, did all the dishes, swept the floors, shined shoes, did whatever he had to do to have a place in this monastery so that he could practice the presence of God. And he ended up over time sort of writing down his thoughts. His name is Brother Lawrence. And he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God, which this whole message is based off of. And in that, he wrote these really simple but profound words that I think are the invitation to every one of us who's serious about growing up and entering into a life of prayer with God. This is what Brother Lawrence said 400 years ago. We, we should fix ourselves, focus our lives firmly in the presence of God. We should fix ourselves firmly in the presence of God by conversing. That means talking. That means connecting, communicating all the time with him. Does that sound familiar? Conversing all the time with him. We should, listen to this, feed our soul with a lofty, that means a big and grand conception of God. And from that derive great joy in being his. We should put life in our faith. We should put life in our faith, not guilt, not confusion, not shame for feeling like I don't do it enough. If I do it, don't do it right. We put life into our faith by practicing the presence of God, an active awareness of his, his perfect power and presence in our lives. And so for the next few moments, we're just going to respond to God by giving to him and singing to him. This is an opportunity, invitation for us to literally put life into our faith and faith into our life in a very real and practical way. We want to give back to God as a response to what he's already done. This is how we live in a more active awareness of God as we begin to see that every good and perfect gift in our life is just that and it comes from God. And when we get that right, we want to give back to God a percentage, a portion of what we have that he's given to us. And what God does with that is far greater than anything we could ever do with it. God exponentially grows the ministry of his church in this city and around the world. And he deepens your heart and makes you more aware of things like gratitude and generosity and joy that come from giving back to God, from practicing the presence of God, from putting life into your faith. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to give back to God. And if you came ready to give this morning, we want you to do that joyfully and generously. And then we're going to sing to God and respond to him together. So would you pray with me right now as we continue in our worship response to God? God, thank you for the truth of who you are. Thank you, God, that you are here. You are not far off, God. You are not somewhere way out there. You are right here with us and for us. And you actually, Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit lives in us. So God, there's nowhere we can go to escape from your spirit or your presence. So we choose to be with you. We choose to live more actively aware of your perfect power and presence in our lives. God, would you grow us up this week? Help us move from little times of prayer 
to a way of prayer. God, would you give us fresh and creative ideas of how to use our calendars, to use little reminders, to use our phones, the thing, God, that takes us so often away from you, to use that as a tool to remind us to be present with you. Send little reminders to ourselves that remind us of your presence. God, thank you. Thank you that you are already here, and so we choose to be with you where you are already at. And will you lead us through this time and through the rest of this day and through the rest of this week as we give our lives to a life of prayer and connection to you. It's in your name that we pray and that we give and that we sing. Amen.